Welcome to Writer Syndrome, a podcast about writing from start to finish. This episode's topic, genre expectations. I'm Russ Capasso, and joining me as always is Tim Letney. Uh, so genre expectations, what are, you, what are you expecting in this episode? I didn't expect us to both be wearing hats today. Yeah, hat it up. I think it's, you know, important, you know, to have your genre in mind when you're writing, I guess. How about you? What are you expecting today, Russ? I'm I I'm expecting um, from this episode. Yeah, fr- from my performance on this episode. From, <laughs> are you expecting me to be underprepared? Um, yeah, actually. So if we're talking genre expectations, if we're talking about people expectations, the genre of Tim would be shooting from the hip, unprepared. Uh, and then when I say, "Don't worry, man, I've got some stuff," you'd be like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> good." Hey, I thanks. prepared a little bit. I got some bullets. I'm going to talk about today. Can't wait. Uh, yeah, so I, genre expectations. I agree. I think it's uh, one of those things that, and f- for me in particular, it took me. A, I think it took me a little bit to kind of nail it down, and then um, I ended up doing like some backfilling research. <laughs> it's like you think you know a thriller genre, you think you know a particular yeah, I mean, genre because you watch these movies and read these books. But I uh, mean, maybe we should. I mean, maybe just to explain a little bit what yeah. we're talking about for those that don't. You know, just the idea that. The genre that you're reading or or writing has this kind of pre-existing expectation of what's going to happen inside those pages, right? Yes. Yep. So like you pick up the book and already the audience has this idea of what they're going to get mm-hmm. because they've gotten it a million times before. Yep. And the idea is whether you follow those or iterate upon them or subvert, which I think is maybe a bad idea. But. <laughs> <laughs> Save for the very, very experienced. And even then, I don't even think a lot of the very experienced authors still stick within their their genre, right? Yeah. Um, that's something else we can talk about. But um, yeah, and I mean, even taking a step further back to like understanding your genre also helps, you know, that initial yeah. introduction to the reader, the book cover, like book book cover design, right? Like yeah, you title, wouldn't, right? You wouldn't pick up a book with like a dragon on the front of it and think, you know, is this going to be a romance novel? Maybe, well, maybe it will. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, there's, maybe there's some dragon love out there. there I don't is. know. <laughs> but, you know, there's there's expectations. You see a cover and you're like, okay, I know this is going to be fantasy. I know this is going to be a romance. I know this is going to be a thriller. Um, and even coming down to the, the description, too, that's found, the you know, the book cover blurb on the back and even what you find on Amazon, like even out those teaser descriptions, they're still going to fall within you're going to read it and it's going to fall within the genre you're you're expecting to get or set set a tone and in, in your mind yeah. you're like oh, i think yeah. the title's a great example of that too look at something like gerald's game some short story by mm-hmm. stephen king yeah yeah um and they turned it into a movie which is actually a pretty good movie um and it's a cool short but man that title does not <laughs> you don't know I, what you're gonna get yeah <laughs> you know so yeah i mean i think titling is super important and also kind of tricky i guess how about your title rust like when you came across were you like okay this is firmly because yours could honestly and has been right a horror title oh yeah yeah which was a little like a little bit of a concern well not really a concern because that's much more popular i won't get there but <laughs> in your genre not horror your genre is sci-fi gaspian uh, i'm so kind of fun to, to think about that but mine would probably fall more into techno thriller and i kind of want to talk more about like what that means and where would your uh, where would your book be if you walked into like a bookstore uh probably in like the thriller section so it wouldn't be in sci-fi probably not huh so in yeah. thriller yeah i think so um and again like i the the original premise i was like oh this has got more of like a sci-fi feel to it and i was like oh maybe this is science fiction i was like yeah actually but you know what 90 percent of the book is not and it's more of a thriller it's more of like almost like an espionage thriller if you put it in science fiction you would be setting up the wrong expectation for the reader yes 100 percent uh whereas i think if i put in a thriller like that little the little bit of sci-fi that is in it um would be acceptable as i dug more into the 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 sub-genres of thriller techno thriller kind of stood out which i was aware of i knew i've read other books that kind of fall in that category and it's very kind of encompassing of you know can can be encompassing of like science fiction elements so it's mm-hmm. like, okay this this is probably where my book lies so it probably sit in the thriller category and once you read the synopsis description and whatnot you see the cover i think it kind of all falls in that 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 group so hopefully but yeah that was a uh, part of even you know beta reader testing when i because i you know had some cover art concepts ahead of time and using that as like a you know what do you expect this book to be about mm-hmm. um and for the most part it seemed like it did pretty good of of landing those expectations based on just the cover design so yeah mine i don't know i feel like i'm very firmly 
in the horror genre, you know? Yeah. Where there, I do have like some, I guess there's science fiction elements. There's like some kind of eco horror or maybe biological, like, cause there is some, you know, aspects that relate to science, I guess, but it's still yeah. firmly horror. Yeah. Um, harder for me was, is that when I began writing this, I wanted it to fall somewhere between honestly young adult, like YA fiction. Mm hmm. And horror and YA, it's it's its whole genre, yeah, really. Yeah. Right? All of a sudden, like you're lumping in fantasy and science fiction and like kind of horror and all that's just YA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to write in YA, but I wanted to have that breezy, fast-paced nature that it mm -hmm. has with the weight of horror. Because honestly, to me, when I think back to being a teenager, it's kind of what it felt like. Things yeah. were fast, but the stakes were high. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, how do I, how do I get there? You know, how do I do like Percy Jackson meets The Stand? <laughs> <laughs> but but now, and honestly, I I probably could have edited my book in a certain way to make it a YA novel. Yeah, and you, I mean, we talked about that too because you you were you've talked about this like like a long time ago too, where you were kind of on the fence of like leaning towards making it more like YA, but. You also wanted to lean into like the more horror elements and kind of those those expectations, scream. right? I like, yeah. And that's the stuff that I. And it's probably because when I was a teen or even preteen, I was watching horror. Yeah. So I have those expectations of the scenes being kind of gross. Yeah. And there, and there being tension. Yeah. And there being some kind of swears and things like that. Also, I feel like it's true to the age group that I'm writing about because they're yeah. they're not. Some of them are like late teens, and some are in their twenties. So yeah. But yeah, so that was my only hesitation, I think. It's like, oh, should this be YA? And then as I was writing, I was like, no. no. I mean, I have to edit myself so much. It'd be like a made-for-TV movie in the 80s, right? Be like a Hallmark horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, and it's kind of interesting, too. The the, the expectations, you know, I, I was just found like a, a blog post from a, a random author online. They're, they're a, a cozy mystery author, uh, which... It's like, like a very like a like a fireside mystery. Yeah, and there's a very specific. It's a very specific subgenre of mystery where you know, whatever the the crime or whatever happens is is always resolved by the end. It's everything's buttoned up nice, nice. Um, there's expectation of no swearing in in the in the, like the story stuff like this. And it was okay. it was interesting to read this blog post from this author who was like, yeah, I had put out a book or two that you know had these elements that people weren't expecting, and people wrote to me saying like. Yeah, this I don't like this because it has these elements. I was expecting this. I was like, yeah, what's the author's name? Just so we can give them. Yeah, Elizabeth Span Craig. Okay, she's a best-selling cozy mystery author and has. I mean, would you think that like forties, like thirties and forties crime fiction is that? Like, there's no swears. Everything's buttoned up at the end. Now it's horribly misogynistic, like your Chandlers and some of those genre expectations need to change. That actually, I had that as one of my prepared bullets: is that some genre expectations need to evolve and change. Yes, but it does feel like you know those are kind of minus the rampant misogyny yeah. um, and sexism, those are kind of PG for the time stories. Yeah. Although yeah, maybe yeah. not, right? Because like the idea, at least gun violence at the time was probably really taboo. Whereas yeah. now we're like, oh, pish posh gun violence. How That's, quaint. What uh, is it, yeah. a Tuesday afternoon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> like, But yeah, back then. So maybe it was a little more risque then. But um. Interesting. So the the mysteries, I wonder what she's writing about. I wonder if it's like murder mysteries or if it's just like who I stole. Think, yeah, I think they're mostly like murder mystery type things, but there's always uh, and another another aspect of it, too. I thought was interesting is it is very specific, but we'll dive into some other genres as well. But um, was uh, no killing of pets or animals in this in this this genre, this like I like that. Yeah, I mean, and there's and there's some ex expected, but then you go up a level. Like it was like no killing of kids and and animals in a book in this this type, right? So people are yep. expecting because like they don't want to read that. Like, yeah, these books and you know, for some people are an escape from that type of shit that's happening in the real world. You know, yep. so they want to read something that that's not happening. Um, but you go up to like a thriller of some sort, and yeah, you know, that could be you know that's completely different. Like the expectations are different. Like a particular horror, I'm sure there's you know. I mean, I'll talk about the animals thing, um, especially in like horror movies. Yeah, there is an expectation, at least there was in the 80s of like animal harm, which I, yes. I, I've always hated. Yeah, and it never 
added to the story in any way. It just seemed cruel. Do you think it was there to to make you feel uncomfortable though on purpose? Yeah, I think it was to be like but not shocking. Know. But not like shocking like to be the sake of shocking, it's but it's usually like, the first thing that like gets it before the human characters start kind of getting it. Yeah. Um whereas the kids are often left alone in those slasher type movies. But yeah, I think it ups the tension and the uncomfortability, but I just don't know what it adds. In a way, it's yeah. just like if if you're making me turn my head, if I'm turning my head away from the screen or the book, I don't I don't know. That's one I wouldn't mind moving away from. Not, yeah. Although I harm so many animals. <laughs> 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 I was just going to say. Was... <laughs> yeah, but the, but the ethos of mine is like pro-animal and, it's, and like, you know. But, but that's touching in your theme. So, I mean, going back to what we are just saying, like you're doing, <laughs> doing, doing something for the sake of doing it just to like kind of exploit it and be I mean, over I can't the top. believe that they like... would hurt a dog. And I like, I'm taking out farms. <laughs> I was going to say. Like... <laughs> Corporate farms of animals. <laughs> But that's a commentary against corporate farms. So. Yes. No, but it's it's fitting in your theme, though, and that's the that's the point of it. Which it's is like not, the eco-terror aspect of, I guess, yes. or eco-horror aspect of, I guess, my subgenre. Yes. You're not uh, you're not doing it to exploit those malicious. cows. You're not exploiting those cows. You know, just by, <laughs> by slaughtering them. Someone else is. You're doing it as a statement about what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coming all back to it, it's uh, kind of what we started with. It's like knowing your genre before getting into it. I definitely, I wish I had put a little more thought to it in the beginning um, because it might have helped me frame how like the elements that are good that were going to go in there and how the ending was going to go. Um, because I definitely, I think in the beginning, I had all these ideas floating in here. I'm like, this is like two different types of books. Like, what mm -hmm. am I doing? <laughs> um, so tightening that up kind of helped me shape it. But hopefully, we'll set the stage because my next book is definitely going to be more science fiction it's gonna be kind of like a crime science fiction interesting uh, yeah are you comfortable jumping genres like that uh from from like your thriller because now you're going to be in say like it, just in theory i guess i mean mm -hmm. well no matter what you're going to be listed in two different this becomes like, a, spots on amazon this, this becomes like a usa today best-selling novel <laughs> well, e even if it's not that like like say like on Amazon, this is very possible, right? Where it's like, you know, the top 30, you know, best-selling new books or something, but they do sub things. They'll be like yeah. thriller. They'll, yep. they'll do like horror, you know, they'll do science fiction. So yeah. no matter what, if you'll be tagging your book in two separate ways, your your books and your name will be separated. Like you're breaking the ecosystem. Um, I don't know, like, cause I, I, again, that's, that's a great question too. And something I'll be digging into more soon is like the Amazon categorization. Cause they do have like X number of categories. You can, you can tag your book in, in like a bunch of subcategories. So oh, like, do you think you could do both maybe to cross? Yeah. List? Yeah. Like because I mean, it's also in it's in universe, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Interesting. For this first one, I'd probably tag it as like thriller, probably science fiction. Like I'd have to tag it as like thriller science fiction and then do like techno thrillers, like a subgenre and then whatever else there is in there. And then for the second book, it'd probably be thriller, crime thriller, science fiction. Um, you know, probably still under fall under techno thriller too. Interesting so. then, like if you do tag your, back to what we mentioned before, if you do like do one of the tags as science fiction for your, your current book. Yeah. And I buy that book. And I don't get the genre expectations. Yeah, is that gonna, am I going to leave you a negative review or something? Like, is that going to hinder future sales? Maybe I leave the science fiction out. And I just stick with the techno thriller because people who are reading mm. techno thrillers are going to be expecting, you know, um, they may be expecting science fiction based on what they read. So if they I read, I do think that you walk a line of science fiction. I think if I, I mean honestly, after I'd finished your book, I, yeah. I didn't. I wasn't like, oh, like it felt. I don't know. I think you walk a line between those genres pretty well. Well, thank you. Hopefully the readers will think the same. <laughs> Five-star reviews, please. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I, but again, coming back, like I think knowing the genre that you're looking at, and even the subgenres too, looking in, looking into those, if you're going to write a thriller, understanding like the, the subgenres, genres that are there will help you how to, like the things you need to, you're expected to include in your story. But again, coming back to like cover design, book description, everything else, it really kind of kind of helps you with like a guiding light of like, okay, these are things that are expected. I, I need to fall within this, this group yeah. um, because it, it is important, you know? Um, Russ, can I ask you a quick question about your book? So you're a planner. I don't know. That's been well-established. Yep. Did you begin with like a list of expectations in mind or did you kind of just keep that in the subconscious level? Like, oh, there needs to be a chase or there needs to be like, you know, um, 
surveillance and you know spycraft or or whatever else you, you know what no uh actually <laughs> yeah you're a panzer <laughs> <laughs> no but what i did was i i knew i knew all the elements that i wanted in the story because it was something that i wanted to read it's mm -hmm. something oh, that yeah. I, en I enjoy reading and basically what I, what I ended up doing was pretty much outlining all the, the key points for a thriller yeah you know uh it's like that, yeah that there's makes a lot of sense yeah there's like a race against the clock you know there's definitely some action chase scenes there's the techno side of like hacking and doing this these you know those sorts of elements there's a little bit of like it's not very procedural i don't get too hardcore in that um but there's a little bit of that you know and mm -hmm. like all these moments of things and a little espionage and that sort of thing that i all these things that i like and i want to read so you got that from researching comps then right like you knew going in like you probably had read a plethora of books coming in and you're like yeah. oh like you know so it was almost second nature like you I knew that you were in yeah and i think it's just something we've even brought this up before i mean there's once you've watched and read a certain number of books and watched a certain number of shows and movies obviously you gravitate towards the certain things that you enjoy right i enjoy the thrillers i enjoy the espionage i enjoy science fiction you start i think just naturally picking up some of the, the things that are there right yeah um even if you're not really paying attention to it, it was, again because it's, those are genre expectations those are the things that you know as a reader just a casual reader or watcher of these things you just know are there and, yep. you're, and you start expecting them. So as the writer you, of those things, I was like, oh, these are the things I definitely want in there because that's what I enjoy. So yeah, kinda... I think that's an important point, right? Like you're, and I'm worth reiterating, you're writing the book you'd want to read. Yes. So it's delivering on all the things that you yourself is like the ideal audience member would get. And if you didn't get them, then you, your expectations wouldn't be meet. You'd be disappointed. Yeah. I mean, at some points I definitely don't want to read my book anymore because I'm fucking sick of it. <laughs> well, now. But, but, but now I'm, I'm back in love with it. I love it again. So he's back. <laughs> I, I definitely worked a little bit backwards with it. Um, I, I mean, I had, I had an idea. I had an idea, roughly idea when I'm piecing things together and I go back and I was like, oh, let me think of the movies that I really enjoy that I kind of want to put this, like make this feel like, like sneakers. I love that movie, you know, three days of the condor, like these older kind of espionage movies mixed with something, you know, a little bit newer thriller, um, that uh, a little more fast pace. That was kind of like my initial like blocking for it. So, yeah, I like the idea. I mean, I like how much movies influence novels, even going back to like Stephen King, mm -hmm. you know, when he started with the dark tower stuff, he was so influenced by like spaghetti Westerns and, mm -hmm. and seeing them in the theater and how big, everything was like that kind of camera eye or mind's eye yeah. and it, not only did it come through his early books it still comes through there's still that kind of western vibe to it yeah and and oddly enough he was super influenced by lord of the rings yeah and that stuff's in there too that kind of questing yeah it's just interesting i mean for my own piece it was a mixture of like expectations of a novel and expectations of a horror movie and there's times when i brought yeah. my characters to horrific situations and you know i paused for a moment like how gory do i want this and how gory does the audience want it because there's this expectation of sometimes the camera pulls away in a horror yeah. movie you know and there's the whole like you know usually it's for budget but people critical say oh they pull away and your mind's eye can picture things that are so much horrible more horrible than what they can film yeah. but dealing with like writing as an art form they have to picture it you know there's no image so, and you're almost for forcing the reader to to picture something really uncomfortable. Yeah. And I just didn't know how far I wanted to go into it. And sometimes I tried to be like, not mean with the gore, but like, there's certainly kind of a plethora of it. And other times I think I leaned kind of slapsticky, like Evil Dead 2 -y or something yeah. like that, because I, see, yeah. I also didn't want it to be mean or yeah or, or not that there's no joy or there's because the, there's some ridiculousness there well there is the some moment. yeah there's some moments i'm thinking one in particular that i don't know i don't want to say because i don't want to spoil anything but um there's certain moments that it, it's kind of like you're, you 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 put some humor in there and it's like i'm not taking this i'm not taking this too seriously um and i think it's good because it, it, it's also moments of like because there's moments in your book where i was like this is this is just dreadful and there's one scene oh, in particular in a tunnel so i was good. like Oh, I was like, so good to hear. I feel so claustrophobic in this moment. I was like, just get through the, get through the tunnel, get through the tunnel. You know? <laughs> uh, and then there's moments of like, where you kind of lighten it up and it's like, okay, this is still a pretty dreadful moment, but there's a, just as a bit of humor. I think that kind of places really well to kind of, kind of pull things down a bit. So it brings you, brings you back down while it's still kind of a horrific moment. And then like another scene or two later, it kind of pulls you back into like the serious dread, which is like, I think it's a good pacing because it, 
I mean, and those are always my expectations of, of like I like that that move from from seriousness to to levity to seriousness again. Yeah, as opposed to just feeling like I need a shower after. You know, like we talked about. Well, you said that about Last of Us too. It's such a wonderful video game, Ugh. right? But oh my god, you just want to <laughs> go clean yourself after I, that horrible like oh my god almost no levity at all ah it's such a great game and great story but i was like and there's okay. movies like that too like <laughs> i was just started re-watching some of the halloween movies and um those rob zombie ones yeah there's no joy or humor in them <laughs> they're just mean right yeah. and they're very intense and that's that's what he wanted but my expectation is some levity like i like a little bit of levity in in my horror and i hope and i'm glad at least according to you that it comes through a little bit and yeah. what i wrote because i don't know I, I want people to have fun in addition to be uncomfortable do you feel like any of that levity it just comes from the like the moment of the time that we're kind of in right now where everything feels kind of dreadful you're like i don't want to like i want i don't want to reflect that entirely or is i don't that, know you've been to movies with me when like something ridiculous happens on the screen and i'm like the only one laughing in the yeah. audience and you're like oh my <laughs> god I mean, I remember there's one moment you and I were both laughing in, uh, oh God, midsummer. Oh my God. When the guy, when the guy jumps off and there's one guy with a giant hammer over his shoulder. And I, I remember we literally looked at each other and we're just like, really? <laughs> like, I wonder what's going to happen next. <laughs> like, there was And nuts. that's not because it's humorous, but like it was unexpected, I guess. I mean, yeah. well, I guess that's expected, but I often laugh when things are unexpected because it, it makes me happy to see something I haven't seen on the screen before. Yeah, which but that is was also like a, rare. That was also like a cartoon, though. He's like, yeah, here's a giant bunny with a giant hammer. I'm like, well, I wonder what that's going to do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But that movie's pretty dreadful. Another mean movie. So I don't know, like you want to we can we could touch on some like the, the broader genres and kind of the expectations you get from. Yeah, like, that's yeah. great. Um, so, I mean, this is kind of like the more like the popular genres that are out there, right? So it's like, you know, fantasy, obviously, science fiction, romance, adventure, mystery, horror, thriller, historical fiction. Like those are like the big categories, right? The mm -hmm. overarching ones and everything kind of falls under those in some shape or form. I'm sure I'm missing some other ones, but um, so like, you know, fantasy, you're going to expect like some type of some creatures and magic, you know, system of some sort, right? Yep. I just, I just picked up the, the shadow of the gods, uh, by John Gwynn, which I've been told is uh, fantastic. Um, and you get the cover and it's like, there's a giant dragon and this little guy with a sword and a shield. I'm like fantasy. You're like, oh, this must be romance. Yeah. yeah this must be <laughs> Japanese romance. Got it. That Tim was talking about, <laughs> you know, and yeah, and there's expectations like heroes, villains, you know, you get a lot of good versus evil. Lord of the Rings, you know, type of stuff. And we should be clear, right? That this is like iterative on top of the beats, right? They all have the beats. Everybody's yes. on their character journey, their arc, their quest or whatever. Yeah. And I think you, and you'll find like within fantasy and all with all these like adventure fantasy, more often than not, you'll get more like the hero's journey type of beats, right? Um, mm -hmm. Where they're kind of pretty specific, um, found in everything, <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, that, those beats can definitely come cut across all the genres, but I think with each of these, you, you, there is another expectation of the and types of characters that are going to be in there, right? The yeah. types of setting as well. And, and it's, it's probably okay in these types of, in fantasy, right, to, to broadcast it, right? Because I think that's yeah. almost an expectation, right? Because there's this idea of fate or like, obviously for every book ever, your main character should be the only one who can go through this journey. But I think you kind of want to, for other genres, maybe not bury it, but you don't want it to be so telegraphed that they're on a heroic quest. Yeah. There's not a spotlight on the journey. There's a journey, but I think it's okay in fantasy to kind of have that spotlight because, you know, you're rooting for that character to go through this. And like their quest itself is like, you know, a metaphor for the, what their own self-actualization. Same thing, you, you know, science fiction, obviously you're going to, there's expecting, there's a, there's an expectation of like this world building. I think that falls probably fantasy and science fiction and really, right? Like mm. I found that kind of interesting when writing a techno thriller pretty much takes place now, maybe in a year from now. Um, the world building is, is different, you know, fantasy and science fiction. You spend so much time on that because it's important to, it's, and it's also expected, right? You're expected. Yeah. I mean, the beginning of this book, like open it up and there's a giant map of some made up Viking land. I'm like, yeah. cool. And what, awesome, you probably but... get like family lineages and, you know, like deep history of like kingdoms and like, yeah, those are genre expectations. What an interesting thing to write. I can't even imagine it. Like this whole I, history of your I own know. realm. Yeah. For yeah. Science I, fiction, right? You're probably technology. Same, 
Yep. And like, oddly enough, with like Dune, right? Like they do, it's oddly fantasy mixed because they do like the lineage and the houses and all that stuff. But then yeah. also on top of that, it's there's the technology and yep. like the space travel and, and the economy. I feel yeah. like science fiction is big on economy. Yep. Whereas fantasy is, is more lineage and maybe, you know, myth, mythical creatures or something. Yeah, I mean, and time obviously plays a part in both of those pretty heavily, right? Like when yeah. when they're when they're taking place. Um, obviously, like with the fantasy stuff, there's always just like this medieval kind of vibe to it. I mean, yeah, science fiction. Obviously, you're you're wherever hundreds of years in the future or something. So and right, there's this kind of like techno fetish with some science fiction, where it's like the new hot technology that you put into your eye, or a cool new kind of vehicle, or space travel, or whatever yeah. else. It's there's some kind of like design and architecture around it that's yeah really interesting and there's also like i mean there's sub i've had conversations a lot of people about science fiction and particular a friend of mine is she's very into making like hard science fiction and Mm -hmm. for the most part a lot of science fiction she's like that's not science fiction that's just that's fantasy (laughs) it's fantasy really i I did have a great conversation with someone when i I kind of blew their mind and i was like i told them star wars was fantasy (laughs) and i was like i mean this is a pretty known thing and they're like really how do you why do you think that And i was like it literally opens with once upon a time in a galaxy far far away like that's that's a fairy tale um i mean and everyone's already lucas has has said it's just a fantasy right but um, but those are those are expectations. Like people, a lot of people think that's science fiction, and, and that's fine. And there's an expectation that falls in that. But, but yeah, I, I think a, a lot of those have kind of some crossover uh, elements to it. But and then coming back to like you know, then you go into like romance and adventure. Same thing. Adventures got like will have like that you know, hero's journey. Always a quest of some sort. Like I could think of like adventure. I mean, that's Lord of the Rings. I guess that's a mix of adventure and fantasy. Um, yeah. Even Ready Player One's probably like that science fiction adventure. So you get some crossover. But there's you're not really jumping out too far from like the key elements that you expect there. Um, I'm still kind of digesting what you said about Star Wars. I feel like we could dedicate a whole episode to arguing about that. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but I agree. It's interesting to think about, though. I wonder if one of the reasons why it's become so timeless, right, is that it is. Let me just say, I mean, it's got a science fiction world at yeah. least, yep, with a fantasy overlay of yeah. the story of the journey, which is a very simple, you know, kind of aiming for the middle. Like everybody can understand this journey. Everybody, yeah. You know, I wonder, I mean, that's probably the trick of writing something that is really easily accessible to all yeah. people. And then you walk the line of it almost being timeless because it's easy for everybody to understand. It's almost like writing a pop song. Like you want yeah. it to be as easy to follow as possible. And science fiction often is not easy to follow when I'm reading it, it's hard to picture it. Like I love Asimov, love him. Yeah. Sometimes it's really hard to picture like the conveyor belt that throws you down the street. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, really interesting. Anyway. I know. I think, it, I think you're right. I think that's a great point to bring out too. Is like, since it leans more on being fantasy, like there's no, there's no technology that pins it to like, a, are we going to have laser swords? I don't know. Maybe do we need them? No, <laughs> you know, like there's no, and like they have swords. They're basically swords. Like it's fantasy. Like it's kind of interesting to see like, so then Dune's probably like the novel is probably high fantasy, right? Yeah. Even I mean, though it's in, in a science fiction world, they I mean, they lost that rock, paper, scissors, star Wars, <laughs> swords, <laughs> Dune, shields shields yeah. are not cool no i guess they've got the vibro swords but even those aren't really no. cool interesting okay i mean the, i think you've got an expectation when you see that stuff on screen Go i ahead. mean i definitely try to have and it's not fantasy but i'd say my hero's journey is hopefully not too telegraphed but it feels like not i don't want to say reductive but it's integral right and it's in a way it's very easy to follow i think yeah and I, I guess that's for better and worse. I mean, I would never say that my book's a fantasy book, but it has those easy to follow characters and motivations. At least I'm trying to have it not be complicated in that way. Complicated world, but easy story, I guess. I think that also comes back to, you know, knowing the genre and like what the expectations of the, the characters within that world too, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know, for like horror, it's kind of interesting because like you've, uh, I guess horror oh, tropes. Yeah, I was gonna, I was just thinking like you have Final Girl, right? Like you, yeah. you've got there's there's a lot of tropes that kind of live within the horror. I mean, I'm trying to think of like I'm sure there are horror where it's like there is like a hero's journey thing going on, and I guess maybe you could apply it loosely to some stories with some characters. I don't read enough horror to know. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I think when people think about horror tropes, they're mostly thinking about movies. Yeah. I mean, they definitely exist. The stupid in, kids in, in the basement, books. right? <laughs> yeah. Dumb kids. I mean, and I think there's a difference between trope and genre expectation. I'd say like a trope is like the car's dead. And and I feel like the expectation is your boyfriend's dead. You yeah, know, like, yeah. like yeah. so there needs to the trope is just like the excuse to I don't know, hinder the characters in some way. And it always feels so ham fisted in, in the movies. I think it's less so in um in books. But there's yeah. still there are those expectations. One that and I think we're slowly getting away from it. And we've talked about it before, but one that kind of crosses the divide between film and novel is this kind of objectification of women. Um, And that I wouldn't even say is a trope. I would say it's a historic genre expectation of horror. And it's one that I disagree with. And it's one that I want to move away from and and not do. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's weird. And I, I think a lot of authors are moving away from it. Like I'm no, by no means the first author to move away from it, but it's, but what, as you're writing a book, you know, and you get to a scene, it's like, Oh, do I want to describe this right now? Is the audience expecting me to describe a shower scene or something or yeah, a, yeah. A, a romance scene, uh, some something scintillating? Because that often is part of horror novels, these scintillating scenes that are, are meant to like titillate. Yeah. And, um, that's just not, that's not the subgenre of horror that I want to get into at all. That's, it has no interest to me and it's, I don't know, it just feels reductive and yeah. Like it has no place, but it's there. It's super present. It's present in a bunch of books I have on my shelf. And I'd say almost all the movies I own. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> so it's a very active choice to, you know, move away from that. Um, I don't think I have any problem with if I were to read a science fiction not well, because I mean, if you start blending in genres correctly. There is no, there is no major surprise, but I guess that kind of helps. Like maybe if you write a thriller, it's got some science fiction in it it's always going to be kind of stated pretty early that there is science fiction involved in it. So mm-hmm. you won't, it won't be a surprise if all of a sudden they're like, we can do this thing because we have this technology, you know, it's like, you know, there's something that both you and I wrestled with in different ways. And it's totally a genre expectation. It might just be a art form expectation. The idea of romance, I mean, even, even like away from, you know, physical, physical scenes, but the idea yeah. of like characters falling in love it through this arc. Yep. And like, I know we wrestled with it. Yes. And tried to iterate away from it. I failed <laughs> to some extent because it yeah. kept creeping its head. But I, I think that's an expectation, not only of readers, but an expectation of editors an yep. expectation of, you know, publishers that, you know, that they want to please that demographic who, you know, finds love through this arc, through the story, even, even if it's not, even related to the main story. I have a feeling if I ever, if I were to go and query and had, went through the whole traditional published route and had someone actually, yeah, we'll, we'll do your book and then bring it to an editor and agent and all that sort of stuff. I, I know on top of my head, they would absolutely, absolutely say these two characters, you got to have, you, you, you need to have this be a little more of a. So a then book. what? No, thank you. you. <laughs> Why? I guess I guess I want to lean into that a little bit. If you know it's going to be a suggestion and you is there a distrust that like some of your audience will love it and some will hate it or just it's not. Do you not enjoy it when it happens in books? I guess if you're writing the book for you with the audience and an audience like you, I don't enjoy- do you roll your eyes when that happens or you're like, yay, they got together. I do roll my eyes because most times it feels like it's shoehorned in because it feels like it's a note from an editor or from someone from the publishing from the publishing house saying like you have to have some type of romantic connection here. And it yeah. always feels so shoehorned in. And it's just like Yeah. It's like the James Bond thing. It's like the um even the Jack Reacher stuff. It's like there there's always like a love interest of the of the week type of thing. Yeah. Um and it feels just so like this just feels shoehorned in. Like they're in the middle of this crazy situation and you know what we need to do right now? And it's like, I'm not, I don't want to do that with my characters. Like, and what, what about other genres? I feel like we touched on a few. Is there other genre expectations for what yeah, I mean, left? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we covered quite a bit there, but yeah, I mean, romance is pretty, pretty straightforward is typically happy ending star cross lovers type of love triangle. You know, there's going to be more internal struggle, which yeah. And romance also, as we said, that kind of falls in a lot of, you know, secondary plots in, in every other uh, uh, genre. So, 
um, adventure we kind of talked about. Mystery, yeah. another another big one. Interesting, just that um the idea of romance as a... I've never read a romance book. Me neither. Um, but it's like the number one genre. Yeah. And it's <laughs> it's interesting that the thing that we're trying to avoid through ours is like the core, right? Yes. You'd yeah. think the core, like the relationship pull is yep. integral to that. Yeah. Kind of like, I guess like having not read romance, but knowing like peripheral, like that you've got your Twilight and, you know, even though it's horror kind of in YA, it's romance, right? It's like kid yeah. romance yep. or like Fifty Shades of Grey. Yep. It's like all about the relationship. I wonder if, so then is plot itself secondary? There's, I mean, everything must be in service of the romance, I would take yes. it, or the romance book to be to for that to deliver on yeah because i mean i think in those like I, again i haven't i mean i've watched movies and and seen plenty of nicholas sparks movies now um really yeah for the other podcast <laughs> watching terrible movies uh hey, Rush, i've watched, the, I've, I've watched Rush, a couple what's your other podcast name uh, oh thanks for asking tim <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's This Meets That. It's a podcast where you watch sh- the shittiest movies uh, from trailer to end credits, scene by scene, and give a full breakdown of... Well, of... that sounds really interesting. Thanks, man. Where can I find that podcast? <laughs> you can find it on all major uh, uh, podcasts, uh, Spotify, Apple, Google. Oh, nice. It's com. Yeah, go ahead on over there. Check it so out. So now you're a Nicholas Spark sparks expert yeah but but so i haven't read any of his books but watching two of those movies which are clearly right in the the romance you know category it's Mm -hmm. like yeah there 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 is no the plot the plot is the romance that Mm -hmm. is it right which okay that's fine that's you know there's a certain types of readers who love that stuff or viewers who want to see that you know yeah um and that's completely fine it falls within genre expectations Watching as a movie, though, I was like, this movie is melting my brain right now. <laughs> Nothing is happening. Um, but it's a different expectation, right? Like, I'm, that's, I'm not going to go seek these movies. And it's funny how that romance expectation, tra- like, traverses genres, right? Yes. Like, and there's others that do it, too. I think horror often traverses genres. It dips its toes into sci-fi. If you look at, like, oh, yeah. Leviathan Wakes and stuff like that, you look yep. at those uh, Corey novels. There's a lot of horror in there. There's literally yeah. little zombies in there, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I guess, yeah, especially even the, 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 the first book. Same yeah. thing with like Game of Thrones. We've got like high fantasy, right? Yep. There's a ton of horror yep. in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, interesting. But I think it's the idea of uh, you're sticking with the, the your core. And I think you said this earlier, sticking with your, your the core elements of the genre you're in, right? Like, yeah. And then just kind of grabbing bits from the other, from other genres and pulling them in there. Uh, and yep. not going to the top because then all of a sudden you have this problem. You have like two major genres kind of colliding with each other. And then you don't uh, know where to put it or right. how to tag it, right? Yeah. Or you're setting up those expectations right off the bat. You know, yep. Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Okay. This is a fantasy. This is, this is this, all. That's a sci-fi. Really, that's sci-fi. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will battle to the ends of the air for that one. So yeah. And then you, you, you know, you get mystery, which is, um, you know, there's always a crime, of course. There's detective or, you know, sleuth or something. There's always clues and red herrings, you know. So those are but pretty. But now. You're in mystery, a little bit. Your book, um, or no, 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 no. Mine's okay. definitely thriller because, like, now you look at the thriller. There are some crossovers here, like thrillers. You're going to expect like a, you know, race against the clock, which I've got. Um, yeah. Quick pace, which I think I've got. Um, there's going to be some red herrings, obstacles, threats, and stuff like that, which I definitely have. And like, you know. so then maybe it's just like we said before. It's got elements of mystery, but it's not core to the the story. Yeah. So then what's unique about Cause, mystery? Because you think about like mystery, I think it's uh, what's unique is it's more focused on like the crime mm. that's that's occurred, right? Um, there's some crime that's happened. Like I'm reading a thriller now. The thriller genre is really interesting because it definitely bleeds across a lot, right? Because you can have you can have a thriller, you can have a crime thriller, you can mm-hmm. have a psychological thriller, which are lean more towards horror aspects, right? Yeah, which I guess, it, well, that's like your Silence of the Lambs and stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's like the the subgenres for thrillers i mean you've got you know yeah the silver killer stuff like red dragon there's just so many espionage thriller which now you're in like born identity so it's like yeah you start crossing a lot i think the thriller is is it's is a big a, genre it, it really is um because honestly i guess like red dragon mentally i would put that in horror but i guess yeah not. i mean it's a yeah i mean it's more like a, a serial killer crime yeah. right yeah interesting which is 
it, I think that's when you start blending some of those, those genres a bit. Um, which is funny. You thought of that as horror and I thought of it as, I thought of it as like a crime thriller. Yep. Um, just the acts of what he, they do is, is horrific. Right. Right. Um, it's but also they focus, at least in Red Dragon, uh, it's been years since I've read it, but yeah. they focus on the killer a lot. And yes. That. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, you have someone on his tail, right? You have someone trying to track him down. So it's got more yeah. like this crime, crime thriller kind of aspect to it. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. So yeah, I think the, the, the thriller category is, is, uh, is kind of a fun one. Cause oh, now I want to write a thriller. Yeah. Well, you got to write a Western horror with me first. So, <laughs> which I, really, wanted, I, I wanted to bring that up is like now thinking about that, like we are planning on, you know, putting together like a Western horror, right? Yep. And there's already some ex- expectations just by saying those two things. Um, there's, yeah. <laughs> we've, we've, we've set some heavy genre expectations, right? Yeah. I think those are easy to deliver on though. I, I mean, Western's so. gotta be pretty easy. You got yourself a horse, <laughs> <laughs> a hat, and yeah, a, a hat. six shooter. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thriller one is, 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 is kind of pretty encompassing. Um, and that covers pretty much like all the major, the, the popular genres and some of the kind of key things that are attached to them. So, uh, and I guess there's historical fiction too, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, real world in the past, you get historical events, uh, conflict aligns with the time period. Obviously, there's the language that's spoken is, you know, you're expecting it to be fitting at that time period. Um, kind of a mix of real and made up events, which is kind of... Yeah, it's, I took a class on that. It was called, like oh, when you... I, my undergrad, it was called creative nonfiction. And it, what a confusing genre. Yeah, I was, I mean, my concern of like, I don't know. So coming back to genre ex- expectations, like, so I, and concerns actually, and we kind of touched them already, but like, I was concerned because labeling as a techno thriller, there is an expectation of this technical details, which yeah, I touch into, but I don't want to go too crazy. Like I've read Tom Clancy stuff and I've read newer techno thrillers and I don't want to go the route of Tom Clancy. Um, <laughs> you know, like I don't want to do too detailed. Yeah. It's just like, it's 900 pages. I'm like, you don't need 900 pages to tell a story like, holy smokes. But yeah. a chapter is spent talking about boat parts or like. Yeah, a, I think for a, a certain like, like subset of the audience, I mean, I'm guessing Clancy's core audience, they they probably pour over oh, that stuff. Absolutely. Like yeah. I was reading um absolutely. to my kids last night, I was reading Lord of the Rings and it's like seven, no, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but it's like three pages of like landscape description. <laughs> my kids always fall asleep and they go, what happened last night in the plot? And I'm like, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> they walked down a hill and around a bend and it was described beautifully and oh, I loved God. it, but I can see why you fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not going into boat parts. Yeah, no, and I don't want to get, I don't want to get that far into it. I still kind of want to keep it, this, this, the pacing moving for me that that slows things down too much. Mm. Um, and I've read a couple newer techno thrillers that are lean more towards like that cyberpunky vibe, which I think mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of newer stuff will fall in that like cyberpunk futuristic, you know, techno thrillers. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm not there. I'm it's current day, you know, this is more, but I think I've hit all the other points, you know, there's like, um, you know, some of the other key elements, like real world parallels, which I think I've definitely hit. I mean, this is, yeah, it keeps coming up in the news. Pretty, pretty, pretty realistic. It's pretty timely. I think mine's going to be one of those like, oh, it comes out and it's very timely and it's going to kind of go away because in 10 years from now, that will not be, a, you know, this, the science fiction part will be probably no longer exists. Um, but also making sure it's like a global scale. That's kind of like another aspect of, of the techno thrillers, which I definitely have. So mm-hmm. hoping I blended the science fiction. I don't want it to feel like, ha got you reader. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to be very cautious of that, but I'm hoping... The, the elements I'm dropping throughout will hint at what. Yeah, what an interesting happened. line to walk between delivering on expectations, yet still being surprising. Like, right? You don't yeah. want to telegraph everything, and you don't want. I mean, I think right. it's one of the reasons why, like, some books and and many TV shows and movies are so boring because it's like, yeah. oh, you kind of know what's going to happen. So if you've got the beats, yeah. and then you've got your genre expectations, throw in a romance. Ugh, not. <laughs> What what are you gonna do? Like what am I? It's, that's it. There's nothing to solve, man. No. Nope. But um. But then in it. the same respect, I'd say subvert those expectations at your own risk, um, because you can really upset your audience if you promise one thing and then deliver on another. And like, yeah, maybe you're the smartest guy in the room or smartest girl in the room, mm. smartest person in the room, but nobody's enjoying your book. Yeah. <laughs> like in yeah. the end of the day, like yeah, maybe you want to write for yourself, and that's cool. Um, but if you want to write for the largest audience possible, subverting expectations can shoot you in the foot and limit your audience pretty quickly, I think. Yeah. 
I mean, we're kind of, I think we're kind of wrapping up here, but is there any, I'm trying to think of like some of the books I've read on writing and everything that not many get too deep into genre. Some are just like, do the research on your genre, understand the things that are, that are necessary there, and then come back and kind of see how that weaves into, um, uh, into like the story beats that we've talked about before. Right. And I don't Mm -hmm. think, um, uh, I was going to say blame the cat. It's not blame the cat. <laughs> blame hey, that cat. But hang, hang the cat. What is it? Don't <laughs> hang the cat. the cat. No, there's no save the cat. You don't get, I mean, they, they touch on a little bit of genre, but more of, I think towards the ends of examples of, of story types. Yeah. Honestly, um, I skimmed all those parts. Yeah. There's, um, there's one book I haven't gotten. I haven't checked out yet. I keep seeing it pop up. Um, it's called like story grid and it's like kind of giving you like, again, it's another like, beats and structural kind of guide yeah um but i'm like flipping through their website and like they they get into kind of genre conventions which i think is kind of interesting because they talk about like specific things like um things that are expected from like horror action even western stories and also equating the type of story to maybe what the characters are going to be going through you know like western eastern like stories require a fundamental conflict between the individual and society you know like those deeper themed things that are expected Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting. This one, it dives into pretty detailed. Can you give me a cliff notes of what they said about horror? I'm just curious. Yeah. I mean, so like levels of conflict underneath that, like horror, it's got stories must mask the power of the monster throughout the story until the monster's massive power advantage is revealed. That's kind of, I guess kind of. Hey, some... I did that. You did do that. Well, I do think that some of it, yeah, I think if you know what genre you're writing in, or at least that you're influenced by a lot of this stuff, like you, like you were saying when you were writing you've digested it so much like that it, it's going to become second nature i think in a way yes yeah um yeah reading i didn't, within I your didn't genre. plan for that to happen but i mean that's pretty much happens in every genre piece of art that i that i've seen for horror i don't know so is there anything else you want to touch on i feel like we, we we crushed a lot here yeah no I, I mean my takeaways are i think what i said before that just make sure you know what genre you're in if if you don't want to just write for yourself and you know keep those expectations in mind as you're writing and you know if you don't find them in the first draft you can find them in the edit yeah um i I certainly found some some additional scenes as i went through where i could kind of pull out a little more what i thought i as a reader would expect or want to see yeah and and then knowing it up front i think um helps again i had like a general idea and i was like i know the kind of thing i'm heading for i didn't quite put a label on it until later um, but it also helps you pull comps together and also helps you like yeah. read and watch within that genre. So you can start seeing some of the expectations that are there and also just pull some, some ideas. Like I went back and rewatched like war games. That was like one of the movies, like that kind of had, I want that vibe. I like that vibe. Uh, Ready yep. player one. Like it's not that heavy sci-fi, but like that feel, that adventure flow, um, and kind of diving into other thrillers. Um, like, I, like I said, I read a bunch, a couple of Tom Clancy novels and, done reading Tom Clancy novels, but I was like, I need to read the things yeah, that you know. came before to understand where maybe I don't want to go, which I think is helpful too, is watching and consuming as much within your genre. So you can say like, I like this. I don't like that. Make yeah. sure I don't do that. <laughs> um, yeah. So. I did the same thing with like Barker and Koontz and King. And then more recently, like Trembley and Cutter yeah. and yeah. Hey, I guess it's do your research. But I don't know. Is there anything you're reading or watching right now that you, you think has kind of fallen into I know we talked about it in the beginning, like Andor, we both started, well, I just started watching now. I'm like, I've watched three episodes now. And that is, talk about, there's, I think it's weird, the expectations, obviously, we keep coming back to Star Wars because whatever, it's it's consuming everything. There's expectations, I think, that are much different now for yeah. what, what Star Wars should be. And I think Andor is- For a is, certain subset of the audience. I think this yes. is aimed at an older audience that's like a little miffed with, you know, Boba Fett riding a rainbow. Oh, fucking Christ. Don't don't ever say that to me ever again. <laughs> but still, that's like the go buy a toy, buy a Rancor, Ugh. you know. But you're not going to sell Stupidest any thing. toys of Andor, right? No. You might sell some of the ships for the model builders or those who like collect Legos and stuff. Yeah. But no kid's going to be like, I want the Andor playset. <laughs> yeah. This is when he lost his family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that one is that's interesting because it's it's a espionage thriller almost, right? Yeah, and it's certainly not fantasy, right? Even though like Star Wars built maybe it's, on top of a fantasy world, Andor but, is not a no, fantasy story. No, not at all. Um, and that's great. I think that's. I, I mean, I, I'm loving. It. I think it's. I think it's fantastic because there's no. There's also no connection really to. I mean, there's gonna be, but it's its own thing, which is kind yeah. of living there. So yeah, I mean, as far as like what I'm reading now, I've really been 
I'm just going slowly through Peter Straub's ghost story. Yeah. And it almost like, I don't know, it feels like a slow read, not in a bad way. Yeah. Um, it takes place, I think, in the late 70s. And I think at the same time it was written. It feels like out of time to me. It almost find, like feels like a Victorian novel. Yeah. It's odd. Um, yeah. But it's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, minus like some of the depictions of women. It, it still kind of has that old school man's eye thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, no, otherwise, I don't I'm trying to think what I have on deck. Yeah, I'm just finishing a book called Daylight by David Baldacci, who someone suggests I should read because it's kind of a, I think a crime thriller, FBI procedural type of type of book. Um, yep. It's 400 pages, but I feel like it's I've been cruising through it. Like it's a very easy read. It's and it's funny because, you know, preparing for this, I was thinking about all the genre expectations and this hits every single one of them like like it's a like it's a beat, you know? Yep. Um and it's like, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what I was expecting when I saw the cover and read the description. I was like, okay, I, I know what to expect out of this book. The one thing that, speaking of subverting expectations, so if we're jumping into like something I've seen recently yeah. that's in genre, I, I just watched Halloween Ends. I am a big, oh, yeah. you know, How horror was fan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Different podcast? <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's a cautionary tale of trying to subvert expectations while also pleasing audiences and then failing at both. That's a so, tough line. So I, I liked it a lot, right? Like yeah. they tried something new. I don't know why you'd want to try something new in like the concluding chapter of your trilogy. Yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't want to like completely deliver on like a satisfying conclusion. So they just tried something new and, and uh, Joseph Gordon Green, like brave for doing it. It's great. The Blumhouse supported it. But but in the end, man, it's like another cautionary tale of subvert those expectations at your own risk, because the chatter around it forever is going to be a disappointing chatter. And I'll be in the minority of like, well, I like that they tried something new and I'd rather be surprised. And like, what a risky move. Yeah, not everybody likes risky moves, and it certainly was not satisfying. Like not with their treasured childhood, Tim. You can't don't touch my childhood. I know. I mean, make that movie again for the hundredth time. Hundredth time, yeah. And then I've got something called uh, a book by Michael McDowell called "The Elementals on Deck" that a friend of mine just recommended. Um, and she had said that it was she loved it. She loved the writing style. Um, I know nothing about it, so maybe by next podcast I can I can share if I ever get through Peter Straub's ghost story. Get it done. Yeah, I'll get there. All right, man. Yeah, this is great. This is uh, that's good. So this is that's our episode. So thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, think someone else will too. Let them know. Share it. Get it out there. If you get any uh, topic ideas or any feedback, you can find us on Twitter or writer underscore syndrome, or you can head over to our website to writersyndrome.com. We got all our other episodes. Got some interviews up there. Probably, hopefully, going to get some more interviews coming in the future. Yeah, I was going to say if um if you have any expectations for us or things you want us to cover or people that you think would be great to interview on here, yeah, just shoot us a line and we'll yeah. we'll look into it. Yeah, we got contact info on our website as well. So so yeah, join us for our next episode where we're gonna what are we getting into next episode? I think filling your well, yeah. emptying your well. I don't know. Refilling your well. Refilling you refilling your well. Right? Is that should it be? I don't know. Something along those lines. Momentum. Motivation, inspiration. Moti- yeah, mo- momentum. Like momentum, you know? Yeah. Losing momentum and, and how to get it back. Because we both just went through this. And how Russ got her groove back. How <laughs> That'll be the title. How Russ got his groove back. <laughs> uh, right. That's enough of that. So until next time, keep writing. 